to the City of Crystal podcast, a look at the issues and initiatives regarding the City of Crystal, a fully developed first-tier suburban community just west of Minneapolis. Voice test, one, two, three. One, two, three. All right, here we go. Hello, everyone. This is Jim Adams. I am the Crystal Mayor. We are here today to talk about uh, the financial vision. We're going to look at the past, the present, and the future. Right now, the city is nearing the end of its biannual, our first biannual budget process. So it's kind of a good time for us to kind of take a look at what's been going on in our city finances. Joining me today is Nancy LaRoche. She has been a Crystal resident for 22 years, and she is also on the council. And welcome, Nancy. Thank you. Great to be here. So I think the logical place to start is kind of looking back at history and, you know, kind of looking at what what crystal finances have looked like in the past. You know, I would frame it that we were kind of a pay-as-you-go system. And what do you mean by pay-as-you-go? And I'm going to advocate for our listeners who... Um, you know, because I know sometimes as a council member and a mayor, we tend to go into legalese or budgetese talk. Right. There's 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 financial talk. Yeah. And so explain how that used to work. Common language. Mm-hmm. I think pay as you go is more of a common language phrase. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in our own personal budgets, we we pay for what we we buy, especially uh, before we get our first credit card or before we get uh, into mortgages and other you know higher financing, so to speak. Um, Pay-as-you-go is a way to save money for whatever project, whatever purchase you're doing, as opposed to putting it on the credit card or as opposed to getting a mortgage for it or as opposed to, uh, you know, in in the city's case, we call that bonding. Yes. Uh, You know, oftentimes we refer to it as a credit card. You know, we're buying something for the city using the credit card, but that really means bonding. That's the the debt... uh, it's the debt instrument we use uh, for credit. Okay. So it's, but you know, bringing it back to our personal lives, it's right. like using the credit card. And it comes with enter- interest. It comes with different costs. Fees and yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole there's a whole conversation about about debt that's a little bit different than what I want to talk about. Um, but we go back in history. I think the first thing I really knew that Crystal was doing kind of pay-as-you-go was when I was on the fire department. We got four trucks all at once. And how much were those about? Do you I remember? don't recall. It, it was like 100000 or oh, more? more? Way yeah. more than that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Four of them? Four of them. So in that conversation, you know, we're West Metro. It's New Hope and Crystal combined as West Metro. We got to see the dynamics of how cities handled things differently. Mm-hmm. And uh, New Hope floated a bond. They used debt to pay for the trucks, and we used cash. And I remember the mayor at the time and the council at the time, yeah, we're a pay-as-you-go city. And there was, there was a certain amount of pride associated with it that we're not going to use the citizens' tax money to you know, pay interest as well as paying for the trucks. So it's a more efficient way of using the funds that we get from the citizens. That can save citizens thousands as well, up to millions, depending on the size of the budget. Right, right. Or the or the project, rather. Mm-hmm. So can you think of any other pay-as-you-go that we've done in the past? Oh, gosh. You know, I went 22 years ago when I moved in. I, I this We're going to speak to this in a little bit, but one of the things that we uh, happened on when we bought our home is our streets were getting done. 
And right. the seller did not disclose that to us until we made the offer on the house. And then it's like, surprise, we have a $3,000 plus fee or, you know, right. assessment, assessment on fixing the roads. So luckily I negotiated with the seller to say, you know, you were supposed to disclose that. So how about we work out a deal? You pay the three, you know, each of us will pay $1,500 or you take 3000 off the house. Right. Sale of the house. So we, luckily they said, take, take it off the house. Yeah. So, um, but it, that was my first foray into um, a very huge bill right. for a first time home owner where we were, we scraped by just to get into this house. So, um, but as far as the city and big items, um, Robbinsdale, Robbinsdale. Yeah. We had, uh, we had our water mains break that were coming from Minneapolis. What was that? 2013? Oh my gosh. Don't make me think that way. Yeah. I think it was around 20, about six years ago, but there was this huge crater sinkhole, um, right on 42nd. Um, right. And Botno, right. Or Broadway. Uh, yeah, it was right, next to, the, right next to the McDonald's, one of them. We had two of them. We had one in front of McDonald's, and then we had another one closer to the tracks, closer to Crystal. Oh, that's right. So yeah. these are major, major uh, repair items. That So how were those paid for? Well, you know, we, we share water with Golden Valley, New Hope, and, and, of course, Crystal. And we contribute to the Joint Water Commission, okay. and the Joint Water Commission pays it. But again... When you have expenses like that, they have to come to the cities individually and try to figure out how to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think New Hope used debt. I think Golden Valley used debt, if I recall properly. I know we paid cash. So we had a fund for emergency or we had a fund in place for capital replacement right. projects. Right, Okay. Yeah. And then that happened twice. Hmm. So <laughs> in... You know, as long as we're on Joint Water Commission, we had wells that we, that was one of the first things that happened when I became mayor. Mm -hmm. Wells were installed for emergency backup because Mm -hmm. Minneapolis had been promising to put wells in for emergency backup for years and years and years and never did. So we did our own. um, And that was the same situation. You know, we watched Crystal do use cash and all the cities around us used debt. Uh, which you know, again, the remind that the point is not only do you have to pay for the project, but you have to pay for the interest of that project. And sometimes, depending on the length of the debt, uh, you'll pay uh, one and a half times what the original project was. So you're not getting as much bang for your buck. So when you talk about city debt, how does that hurt a city when you're always bonding for something versus saving up and paying cash when you can or paying as you go? Uh, well, it's no different than what you would do in your personal life. If you have, if you have uh, credit card debt, student loan debt, uh, car loan, and mortgage, what do you got for for discretionary income? What are you going to do for uh, whether it be charitable giving, entertainment, um, trips? How much money is going to be left over for that? Not much. Mm-hmm. Not much if you're carrying that kind of debt. And that's that's what I call discretionary income. Yeah. Um, it's different than food, house, clothing, that kind of stuff. Um, in the city's perspective, if you're borrowing for every project, capital project, with that interest on top, you don't have the discretionary income. And for Crystal, that's a huge deal. Uh, Crystal is is made up of primarily single-family residents. Uh, single-family residence is not the highest 
uh, pull for tax dollars. Mm-hmm. It's not like commercial. You know, Golden Valley, New Hope, they both have a lot more commercial. And industrial. And industrial, yeah. and, and they're able to raise a lot more money. We don't have that pull. So we need that discretionary income and that flexibility within our budget to deal with emergencies as they occur. And the fact that we've had a low debt um, low debt in crystal mm-hmm. has given us the, the agility to deal with these, these issues as they occur. I think, too, uh, from a council person's perspective, that that puts us in a very strong position financially in protection against things like a recession or um, to have these funds in these silos, so to speak, of money going into certain projects right. uh, puts us in a very good position if an emergency comes up, like the water main break. We right. had that money right. available, um, and there are some that may ask, and I've been asked this too, well, if you're paying cash for everything, then we don't have anything in reserve. But we're always building that reserve, and so I'm, I try it's, to explain that to yeah, people. Yeah, it's too. actually the opposite. If you're saving for something, your funds are growing until the point of purchase. Yeah. I remember that same conversation, or not necessarily the same conversation, but around the same period of time where people were saying, oh my gosh, your reserves are going down. No, we saved money for a car, Yeah. and then we bought the car, and when we save money for a car and actually buy the car, that money does go away. It's, it's, it's the process. It does go away, but you have that level of income still to continue building for other things. Correct. You know, yeah, I, I get... I mean... I mean, we're saving for uh, roads, we're saving for uh, a building, we're saving for uh, fleet cars, we're saving for all kinds of things. And as we do that, those funds increase as we're saving. Mm -hmm. And when we decrease, it's going to come down a little bit. But as we're we're building these funds... uh, the whole the overall fund balances is going to naturally increase the more we do that uh, and, and the reason I'm saying the more we do that is because of what you talked about with your roads mm-hmm. we weren't doing that with the roads we were doing assessments right so the more we start saving for roads in our budget as opposed to relying on assessments we need to see those funds start to grow and that's going to give us a lot of agility so if if anything does happen we're going to be even more we're going to have a better ability to adjust to whatever yeah. happens. And I have to say, as someone who paid an assessment back 22 years ago and seen what people paid a few years ago, that jump from us at 3000 mm-hmm. to up to 11000 for some, it was a range of eight to, to 11000 I think, um, was would be catastrophic for somebody like us. I'm putting ourselves back. You know, back to then when we just bought a home and we were very cash strapped. Yep. Now there is the funding mechanism of saying, well, you can put it on your your property tax for the next ten years, but you're paying way more than three thousand dollars. You're paying in the interest as well. Yeah, it's yeah. that's a tough discussion. It's it almost right. merits its own conversation. But it was the only way we could afford it. it and, yeah. and it was the only way in the '90s that we could afford to redo the roads was Correct. the assessments. Yeah, because it is such a big ticket item that it takes many, 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 many years, probably decades, to plan for a series of of, of road reconstruction. Uh, what we're facing in today in or excuse me in the future is another cycle of road reconstruction mm-hmm. but it's not because our roads are crumbling necessarily we do have some spots that are going to need to be 
you know, improved and maintained right. along the way. But what's coming is we have utilities underneath that are going bad. Yes. We have uh, valves. We have water mains that are going bad. And those were not done 22 years ago or were that? They were not. Some might have been, right? Towards the end, we started doing a little bit of utility work. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when we started in 95, we had a we had a lot more years left. It, didn't, it would, doesn't make sense to take something that has 40 more years worth of life and replace it. Right. So, um, so the reason we did assessments is because we didn't do that planning. And I'm not sure why we didn't do the planning. I didn't go into the history and, and figure out why we didn't seem to have money for, for roads. But the bottom line is we didn't, and we needed to start the project. So we are in a, a unique position at this point in time uh, to eliminate assessments and actually put it on budget and do the proper planning and saving for that. And I think we'll be healthy in any economic situation. But really, when you look at, at a family's risk and a city's risk, it's a different. Economies don't affect cities that much because we're going to charge taxes and we're going to get our taxes. Mm -hmm. um, what affects us is our local government aid our intergovernment, uh, what do you call that, fiscal disparities. These are two places where we get money that comes outside of crystal. And and if that formula change, that's, changes, that's our risk. We had that in the early 2000s. The LGA got cut dramatically. We were using LGA to pay for salaries, and that got cut dramatically. We were cutting people, we are cutting services. So it's very risky to very depend risky. on that because yep. you don't know what you're going to get every year. So we were talking um, at our council meeting, recent council meeting, was that uh, we would like to see any LGA or fiscal disparities go into capital where it's a flexible thing and not dependent on operations, right? Right. So if we have those risks, uh, the formula changes or our valuation changes where we're not getting as much fiscal disparity, it's not going to affect the day-to-day -day operations. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think a lot of, um, when I was out campaigning three years ago and I told people that assessments were going away, they were thrilled. They said, well, and I said, but your taxes may go up because we need to fund the fixing of these roads and maintenance of these roads. And they said, I thought my taxes were already going for that. Right. That was a real. Right. Well, that's because everybody uses it differently. Yeah. I mean, New Hope, they don't assess for street reconstruction. We do. Or did. Um, new uh, Robbinsdale, they do assessments as well. Uh, they do, heck, I have a, I have a place over there uh, that I run, and I've got hit with assessments. I lived on a corner, one oh road boy, and then the next doubled. corner. Yeah. Got doubled. And, you know, inside the world of assessments, you can do things differently, and every city does. Uh, we wouldn't do two assessments in Crystal to one property at, at one time. Um at least I think that's the way it went. But I know I know Robbinsdale did and does. Uh, but oftentimes they put limits, upper limits, as to you know ten thousand dollars. We're not going to assess more than ten thousand dollars for any property, and, and those things happen. Um, but yeah, it's it's very different. But when we got rid of assessments, um, it's it it's easy to say, yeah, we're not doing street reconstructions. Okay, what does that mean? What does that mean to the budget? What does that mean to the dollar amount? Mm -hmm. Well, Mark Ray, our uh, city engineer, he went through and he says to me, hey, Jim, <laughs> he says, that's that's more than $40 million worth of cuts 
revenue cuts. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, and that was back then dollars, not yeah. future dollars when these roads will have right. to be and, redone. And, yeah. and that's what I did. I said, okay, what does that mean today? What does that mean today? So I mm-hmm. went to the financial director. I said, what does $40 million over the last 25 years mean in today's dollars? She came back with $60 million. It's like, yikes. Yikes. Okay, okay, $60 million. What is that? Let's, how, you know, in our budget, what, what does that look like? Well, in our budget, we look at levy increases, a percentage of what our prior year levy was to what the current year levy is. That would be equal to, let's see, what did we say, $60 million. That's a 60% levy increase. Yikes. Again. <laughs> wow. To replace that. That's buku bucks. Yeah. But, you know, that's over 25 years. And you you need to break that down. Break what does it that down mean by percentage annually? in year. Yeah. And you know when you look at it annually, it's it's just a mere two point four million dollar increase, which is a twenty four percent increase on the levy. You know, and that's Still every high. year. That's yeah. every year. So. But it, by if we um, do things such as using fiscal disparities money in that, that really takes a chunk out of that, correct? Um, on the levy increases. Right. Yeah. It can, depending on what we're getting. It depends on what direction it goes. Again, that's yeah. our risk. Mm-hmm. This year, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I think we got lucky or blessed, say it however you want. Um, we had a huge increase in fiscal disparities. So, uh, you know, it equated to about 10% levy increase. It's, it wasn't a levy increase, obviously, because we're not doing it on on the tax levy. The, the taxpayers aren't paying it. It's coming from outside the city. Yeah. But that's... That's a long way towards uh, the numbers that we need to replace, but it's important for the council to know, it's important for the people to know mm-hmm. that as we're increasing the levy, we're trying to to um, replace this unplanned tax cut. If we do nothing, it's an unplanned tax cut of $60 million. It was never our intention when we cut uh, assessments to not replace that money. You're right, and by not planning and funding, people in the future are looking at, you know, huge, huge assessments if it had to go to that again right. by not planning. So I'm I'm really happy as a council member and a neighbor and taxpayer, I'm really happy to see that the city is working to fund for the future. Yeah. It's, it's so important. We don't know what's going to happen, you know, 20 years from now when some of these roads have to come. And I have to say the... Roads where I live early on, 22 years ago, we were in the early phases. I think we were two or three. Um, and those roads are breaking down now. And we're also seeing, mm-hmm. Mark Ray is saying, hey, the utilities under these streets need to get done. But for mill and overlay, the basic, you know, that upper layer that's breaking down, right. um, that's a much less expensive um, temporary fix to at least get them smooth. And we started doing that last year, but I got my letter in the mail saying, hey, just heads up, we, we are going to be remilling and overlaying roads in your area. Um, but I enjoyed seeing that line in there saying, this is not assessed and it will not, right. you will not be right. taxed for this. It's, it's already in the funding to do this mill and overlay. That's right. That's absolutely right. And, you know, you talked about a bunch of different things there. Um, in the future, you talked about a lot of these projects being in the future. And, and I referred to what current dollars 
this, this assessment cut was at $60 million. If we extrapolate that forward, we're probably looking at more like uh, $80 million, which is going to be a $3.2 million per year increase that we would need. But to your point, it's not all coming from increases in taxes. Some of it's coming from fiscal disparities. Some of it's coming from local uh, government aid. Or local LGA. government aid. Mm -hmm. um, and also, you, um, I'm seeing here that we, and we also discussed raising revenue through utilities as well to help that's right. fund that particular repair and replacement. And the reason, the reason we went straight to utilities, I mean, a lot of people know that their utility bills went up. I mean, I hear it when I knock on doors. Mm -hmm. Why are our utility bills so expensive compared to, well, because we're a pay-as-you-go. And uh, we're an aging city. And we're an aging city. And our next cycle is because of the utilities. We're going to have to fix that infrastructure. So we need to fund it through the utility uh through the utilities themselves, mm -hmm. um, but we are going to still have to come up with the roads above the utilities to replace. So these, this next cycle is going to be even probably more expensive because we're doing a lot more. And we're seeing it. We're seeing it in the utilities and the roads. Itself. Right. And I don't know if a lot of our listeners and neighbors know this, but we are looking at funding a new police building. Right. public safety building, which is why some of that levy went up for 2020. So explaining some of that, not only roads, but we have a big project coming up that we're trying to raise money for. Yeah, that was that was not fun. No, nope. um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Difficult how conversation, we, but figure out how to fund this and pay as we go. Yeah, yeah. this year's budget, you know, the push pull was mm -hmm. was between funding capital needs and and dealing with operation needs, and the operation needs were higher than normal, and uh, and I'm looking at this this unplanned tax cut, and we need to, as a, a city and as a council to deal with that, which means increases, uh, I think, to the to the levy itself, mm -hmm. you know, in p people's property taxes. Um, but we're not doing it, or we haven't been doing it. Um, and something that came to light through this whole process was the structure we have in place to increase. Uh, operating budget. There's a, an accelerator we call it uh, um, cost of living increase, mm -hmm. and that always hits hits the operating budget. But in our capital, it never hits the capital. We don't do a cost of living increase in all of our capital accounts. They get stagnant. They get watered down through inflation. They have lack of purchase powers because of the cost of construction. We don't. Inf we don't increase those or factor that or in. factor that in mm, I get so it. if we if if the numbers are right um, we had one of our staff members say that five percent is how much construction is increasing each year if we want to keep up with that which I, I'm not sure I believe the numbers but just for conversation's sake if we needed to keep up with that type of inflation in construction costs we need to be increasing our capital amounts by that yeah, and we're just not right. We're just right. not so. So it's this push pull in the budget of how much should we raise for for capital, especially after a sixty million dollar on an unplanned tax cut that we have to overcome. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to get serious about it in terms of of increases. And I'm I come from a more conservative background fiscally, 
and raising taxes is something that it goes against everything in my body. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's a necessary thing. People yeah. don't know that we cut $60 million worth of revenue out of our budget. Right. And that's why I'm, I'm glad we're doing this podcast um, to help uh, folks understand what we're trying to do and the problems that we face if we don't. Right. Right. So I don't know. that That's kind of a... That's a quick look at what we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I don't know if we missed anything. No, I think um, it helps. I think it helps me as a taxpayer when I see a levy increase. And I, I'm looking at our city newsletter right now, um, which I really appreciate. It breaks it down where are the, where the tax levy is going, um, what what the dollars look like, and also the impact on a residential home. My home is in this range, so I'm going to see about $80 a year. And I think, um, you know, when you see that and you see where the money is going, I think it helps people understand and it takes a little of that sting away. They're knowing that this money is going towards the roads. It's going towards uh, police stations or other buildings that are in sore need of updating and, and uh, expansion. So, you know, you talked about the police department and... The police department is going to be like a $14 million project. Yeah, I so think. what are we looking like for funding right now? And, you know, as far as funding, we can do it as you go. We can do it cash. Um, you know, the more that we raise in capital is going to make it more make it easy. Mm -hmm. uh, the less we fund capital, we're going to have to kind of start borrowing from different funds, and it's not really a healthy way to behave. So I'm going to be a proponent of increasing capital moving forward. Mm -hmm. But... The point I wanted to make about public safety in comparison to street reconstruction and utility reconstruction, we can we can fund the police department in a matter of a couple years at a very high level, um, and we'll have that knocked out in a couple years if we were to do that. So construction's supposedly starting in tw late 21. Mm -hmm. In 22 uh, and 23 is probably by the time it'll probably take till 23 before we pay for it. Okay. Well, all those funds that we're putting towards the public safety building can be shifted onto the uh, onto the, the roads, roads. Nice. after that. After that, because yeah. the funding mechanism is in place. Right. With that levy. But okay. that stays in place for the roads into perpetuity. Mm-hmm. That Which doesn't you need go to do. away. Right. It gives you a different scale. It gives you a perspective as to, okay, we're building a building which costs these millions of dollars. Well, our roads are like doing a building every, <laughs> every, uh, what is it, three or four years. Right. Which, of course, it, it that's, sounds, not, that's a lot. That's huge, yeah. It's, it's huge. The scale, the differences is just dramatic. Hmm. Interesting. Well, this was a great conversation. I'm really thrilled and honored to be part of the first podcast that we're doing <laughs> in the city of Crystal. And I um, have to thank a shout out to Mike Peterson, who's our communications coordinator. Thank you. Yeah. And his mic is now on. So, Mike. <laughs> Here I am. Um, I've been listening and being quiet. Yeah, yeah, fly on the wall, but now you're part of the conversation. It's hard for a person who's in communications to be quiet. <laughs> right, right. Like, I'm, I'm really thrilled that you've done this. And I wanted to, when we're talking about budgets at a council meeting, uh, and we've 
prior, in f a few years ago, you helped put together with the city of Anoka or county of Anoka um, a really helpful instructional video of how property taxes work. When people get that statement, there's there's some sticker shock. Right. But yeah. when you break it down, which this video... It was a four-minute video. I did yeah. borrow uh, sort of the guts of it from the city of Anoka. City. And okay. uh, we sort of updated it for us, and we play it every year you know, during the uh, public hearing mm -hmm. you know, for the budget. And, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, it lays out how property taxes work really well. Mm -hmm. It's called Property Taxes 101. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's great because when you look at your property tax, what you need to do is look down at the bottom part of it, and I'm sorry I didn't bring mine in, but there are other entities that are part of that pie, that budget pie. Um, right, right. A city generally is a third. Right. And you got the school board, the school district. Yes, and, Met Council uh, the county. and the county yeah. and, I there's, just, and there's some, some other, other entities. smaller ones, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, that was born out of a, an effort to to get rid of some of the confusion. Mm -hmm. We need to talk about things uh, in, in a, in a fact-based way. And, and that's when, shortly after that, Mike came and, and put that into place. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding regarding how property taxes work. And honestly, I, I even watching that video 500 times, I'm still <laughs> not still... completely you know, yeah. understanding of the whole process. But And uh, I think even a lot of people who are involved with the process aren't. 100% familiar with it, but right. it's good to have like a general understanding. Absolutely. And it's uh, for most people, they'd be surprised it's not what they think. <laughs> it doesn't work how they think it works. Right. Correct. And Correct. there have been conversations on social media, such as Facebook. People got their property tax bill and understandably were upset. Right. Um, uh, one of our former council members went in and tried to explain, and she and um, I messaged her, and she was doing such a great job of explaining. I said, um, can you put up a link to that pie video, mm -hmm. <laughs> the Budget right. 101 or the Property Tax 101 video? And it really helped calm the conversation and help people understand that, yes, Crystal is a part of that, but we're a relatively small part when you factor in county and everybody else. Still not making it less important and not diminishing their concerns, but right. it does help to understand. And that video is available on our YouTube channel. And it's from a couple of years ago, so I should probably update it with the one that we yes. saw last night. Yes. That'd be um, great. Yeah, and I can share that video with our listeners. And then also with this podcast, it's going to be available on our website. We have a podcasting page now. Yay. And this will be the first episode. So <laughs> inaugural it'll podcast. pop up, and I can start advertising that on our social media accounts and our cable channel and in the newsletter that you mentioned, Nancy. Yes, absolutely. And I, I know people tend to hang on to these to refer to them often. And on the flip side, you have the park and rec offerings, which yeah, is great, yeah. too. No, Very handy so. I, to I, keep. I hate to think that they just wind up at the bottom of a birdcage. I hope not. <laughs> I still get phone books. We just got a phone book yeah, delivered to us. Yeah, use your phone book for that. And that one's Right into the recycling can, but this is always uh, front and center because I'm always referring to it. Not only since I've been a council member, but before I was always grabbing it and referring it because you have events, you have, um, you know, the budget process, you have <laughs> primaries and other city events that are going on. It's a very yep. useful tool. Oh, yeah. So, and online, you know, I think having this podcast video and and other forms of information out there for people to understand is so, great. So something specific to the time of our recording, um, we're right. We're just finishing up the budget process. Mm -hmm. We had a preliminary budget that is reflected on everybody's statements that they got recently. Good point. And 
in that, how can I say this? The increase of the crystal uh, levy is showing way greater than what it's going to end up. Uh, basically what you can do is you can look at the city portion of the increase from 2019 to 2020 and cut that in half. That's what we're going to finally approve in December. Very good. And that's, that's, it's part of the process we went through uh, to try to figure out how to, to deal with some of these issues that we talked about today. But just, just know that it's going to be substantially lower increase than what we initially thought in September. Uh, so people, if they want to figure out what their taxes are going to ultimately be, take that portion and cut it in half. That's city helpful portion. because the county's not going to issue another um, estimation. estimation. Yep. So, um, it's so kind of we as a city, you know, can help promote that too. Um, maybe, you know, through social channels mm -hmm. and that once that budget is finalized and on the website. I know I have a, a website page for my council uh, position and I did put a link up to our budget page on the city I said follow that you know go back and check there often because we will be putting out in updates yep. and that deal. budget is going to be uh, approved on the 17th is that correct yes, on the 17th. We, we have yes. one more meeting after to some uh, more discussion <laughs> after some more discussion yeah. but we we got a lot accomplished last night it was a very late meeting but so worth it um, uh, little compromise I think on both sides but that's the, that's what we do you know <laughs> you know yeah I've been thinking about some of the meetings we've been having lately they've been they've been somewhat high stress and emotional but what I think the outcome and the net effect of them is that we've had good conversations and that we've brought out facts and we've brought out structural challenges mm -hmm. that we had never talked about before so I think there's a lot of learning happening on all sides and I think, too, um, this was brought up a couple years ago when I was first elected and, and joining in on these budgets. But I think you guys have worked really hard to make this a, a clean budget and a transparent budget that there's not, you know, um, I don't want to say shell game. I don't think that's fair. But there was always, you know, money being shifted from departments and that that I think now is, how ah, that's not the white word, but... It's cleaner. It's just it's, clean. It's definitely it's, cleaner. You look at the numbers and you know that that's where they're, they're going. They're more and, meaningful. Yeah. Uh, I think we're having a higher level of understanding. Right. Uh, we went through a process, you know, it, just uh, maybe this isn't interesting to people listening. Maybe it is. But we went through a process of um, looking at too much detail and then bringing it, you know, from a higher level and then looking at it more generally. I think we initially, when seven years ago when I came in, we were looking at way too much detail. We pulled way back, and I think we pulled back too far. So I think right now we're kind of in a situation where we're coming back and finding that middle ground to where right. some information is, is, is very, very helpful for the understanding, and it's not too high level. Right. So the 17th is our, our next time, and there will be another public hearing. So please come to that and... Um, or watch it online if you can, or contact one of us um, on the council or Mayor Absolutely. Jim and, yeah. Yeah. or those, the city. All, yep, all those meetings are available on the website. Excellent. You know, they're all streamed. and Work um, sessions also, you hear the sessions, audio. Yes, <laughs> like the audio from last night's not quite up on the website, okay. but I try to do it within the, a day, so yeah. that'll, that'll be done today too. Appreciate and, that. Yeah, Thank the, you. Talk about transparency. It's all out there right. for anyone who wants and to right. listen. I think our neighbors really appreciate that. We we are not trying to hide or deceive. We are openly working to try to make things happen in a, in a fair and responsible way. Yes. Good, good ending. 
Mike Pearson, thank you for organizing this and helping Absolutely. us get this off the ground. It's a pleasure. Nancy, thank you for coming in and, and bringing your professionalism in podcasting to our table. <laughs> it's awesome to have My you. first career is in radio, right? <laughs> never yeah. you can you can check out any time, but you can never leave that profession. <laughs> it always brings you it back. It always brings me back. <laughs> <laughs> All thank right. you. Thank you for listening.